This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores! It's 3-0 United States! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Plenty of good soccer discussion to be had today. Well, I don't know if it'll be good. Where it'll be, you know... What are the kids saying now? Mid? Yeah. It might be mid. Very mid discussion. But we're going to talk about things, and uh, hopefully they're good things that are interesting to you. We find them interesting. For the next hour. Yeah, an hour of mid-soccer discussion and borderline put-you-to-sleep conversation. What a way to sell the podcast. (laughs) Put this on and go to bed. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. We've got lots to get to. Of course, the crew played in the midweek, so we'll talk about that. Also have a little bit of an important matchup of, uh, on this weekend, which it's you may be aware of. You may be aware of Hell is Real, leg one in Cincinnati. That's happening. So we'll talk about that. Talk about the U.S. men's national team. The hype train is here for a young player that everyone is getting excited about. And the U.S. has uh, flipped this dude from England to come play for the U.S. Transfer so portal. Yeah, that's right. Name, image, and likeness. It was a big deal, I hope. I don't know. Anyway, Champions League final, that's all set. We'll talk about that. One of my great fears is coming true. Oh, buddy. You've you've got it. It's all, I mean. The good look. news is that my team has a chance to stave off one of my great fears mm-hmm. of coming true. Yeah. Well, we learned this week that Real Madrid does not have all the magic that we thought they had. Nope. It does. Black uh, magic runneth out. The black magic. Yeah, it's now it's blood sugar sex magic. That's what they have now. It's not as good as black magic. Messed up the recipe. It's <laughs> it's pretty simple. Uh, we well, throw those red hot chili peppers in there. You never right. know what you're going to get. Well done. Uh, and a Premier League decision day is of course coming. My uh, Sunderland lads were yeah. heartbroken and destitute with the results of this week. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about another team though that has a chance to get promoted. Actually, you know what? Scratch. We're not going to talk about the other team. I was going to bring it's up Peter. They beat you. Oh. No, no. Well, we will. No, we will talk about Luton Town. We'll talk about that. That's them, right? That's who, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we're not going to talk about Peterborough because by the time this podcast airs, we'll already you may already know what's happened with them. But they're in the battle to move up from League Three to League Two. Nice. So Brother Bones' team may be in the same tier as my team next year. Up we'll to see. The championship they go. Maybe we'll find out. Uh, I believe who are they playing? Oh, Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, okay. Who's I like, yeah. I guess, pretty good yeah. this year in the third division, which I can't believe. I can't believe Sheffield. Sheffield Wednesday's down in the third division, but that's, yeah. Anyway, so more on that later on in the show. Uh, but Beamer, how's your week been? It's been good. It's been really good, man. Uh, Soccer podcast day is, of course, on a Thursday. We took uh, young William, Prince William, out to his first Columbus Clippers game. Uh, oh. Yesterday it was daytime. Nice. It was fantastic. It was a beautiful day. It was, I don't know, 65, 70 degrees, and it seems like... Whatever the capacity of Huntington Park was, it was full to the brim. Oh, good. Um, yesterday, That's what you want. A 12.05 start, so that was pretty neat. We were. I had this thought in my mind, and it, you know how you have thoughts sometimes and you don't verbalize it, hmm. but you've just said to yourself, like, I should have done this, Yeah. even though I was right. thinking about it and I didn't do it. So Meredith's mom and grandpa came up, and we were going to take Prince Willie to the game. His first baseball game was super excited. Beautiful. It was awesome. The Clippers were like, hey, you need to go to guest services, and he'll get a certificate for his first baseball uh-huh. game. Everyone's yes. like, oh, that's really neat. I didn't know that uh, they did that. For what it's worth, they do that at the shot, too. 
for oh, basketball great. games. So okay. if you ever take them to a men's or women's game, you can get the same thing. Perfect. Yeah. I will do that. And so we were getting down there, and I'm like, I wonder what the traffic's going to be. Like, I took 315 south down to Neal, and I turned on uh, I turned on to Neal from, like, that 315 exit. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder what the traffic's going to be. And then, like, boom, hit a wall. I'm like, oh, no. This is, uh, this is not noon? good. Noon? Noon. It's a noon. Noon baseball wow. game. So, this, like, at 11? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever it was. So, driving down there, parking's a mess. See a bunch of people, like, at the gates, like, buying tickets. And in my in my mind, my thought process, I said to myself earlier in the week, I'm like, I should just buy tickets now mm. if I know that we're going to go. And apparently it was school field trip day oh, uh, over at Huntington Park. I see. So that was good. And then it was just a nice day downtown. So I, people who were working downtown, like there were you know people in like business suits and like dresses out there hanging out. I don't know if they're doing cocktail hour or whatever it was. Sure. Well, it's, it's a business day special, but then it's also a, hey, I work from home. Everybody works from home now. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're going to just take a couple hours, go right. watch the ball game if you want to. No one cares. It'd be great. So I great. Ended, we ended up parking down by the Death Star. Uh, parked down there, and Meredith's grandpa's in really good shape. He's early 80s, and I'm like, all right, Roy, we can make this walk. Like, all right. you'll, be, you'll be fine. Nice. You'll be good to go. Uh, so we went there. <laughs> we got in line to buy tickets, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if they were going to have four tickets together. And I'm like, well, we could buy two, buy standing room tickets, and then two tickets if you people want to go sit down. Like, yeah. we're going to have Willie in his stroller, and we're just going to be in the standing room. Well, the problem was that there was no standing room available. Oh, my So gosh. that was not good. So we bought four tickets together. We were able to get that done. And other than that, I mean, it was fantastic. It was a beautiful day. It was just jam. I mean, jam packed. And then at like, I don't know, one thirty, so like an hour and a half into the game, everybody left like the school oh, because yeah, yeah, they had yeah. to get back to school to be able to get back on the bus and go home. And so then it was probably, I don't know, still half full, like still yeah. a good crowd, yeah, like mass exodus. And then we were able to like stand on the rail and be in the shade. And it was a little more calm after that. But it was funny. I was texting uh, our guy, former podcast, um, former podcast guest Michael Bennett, who was back yep. in town for Columbus, yep. and I texted him and was like, "Hey, bro, you living down in the Arena District now? Like, just come over. Like, you know, just swing by." Yeah. And he texted me. He's like, "Standing room only available. What is this? The Super Bowl?" Yeah, right. Um, but no, it was a beautiful day. And then we went to Betty's afterwards, and I indoctrinated oh, Meredith's mom good. and grandpa because we were waiting for the. Uh, we were waiting for the parking lots. Well, to it wasn't clear Thursday, out. so that's the day you take the family. It's on Wednesday. It yes, no, Wednesday Betty's different than Thursday Betty's. Definitely want to go on a Thursday though if you are of age uh, <laughs> to get in there. So we had a nice beer on the patio with Willie, and uh, everything was good. But I did get a little. I was, I did get a little jealous though, because I'm like, man, I just in my former years, I would have just stayed down here, hung out, oh, drank yeah. a lot of beer, and then just gone right over the crew game. Yeah, right. You could have made it a whole day of it, yeah. but instead now you got the little one and to go home. got to be responsible. Yeah. Welcome to dad life. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Happy very much. for you. So it's good. Very it's happy. been a good. It's been a good week. Yeah. Well, you know, it was a good week for the crew. I, I will say, like, just the Clippers made me think of as you're talking about that, something that I I think is not understood by people who you know Premier League only people or Champions League only people. If you're someone who likes Major League Baseball and you are appreciative of a well played baseball game. If you go to a Clippers game, are you going to see inferior talent to Major League Baseball? Yeah, probably. Are you going to see guys that are much more talented than probably 99% of the people you've ever seen play baseball? Yes. Also true. Like you're seeing essentially the separation between the best of the best in Major League Baseball and then that tier right below it. For most people, that's not a noticeable difference. There is for someone who's probably watched you know, dozens of years of baseball. Sure. If you're a longtime fan, 
But if you're just someone who enjoys the game casually, you're going to enjoy it. And I think that's what I don't mean to compare Major League Soccer to minor league baseball, but that comparison happens with a lot of people because they think, well, the Premier League's over here and Champions League and all this stuff is, oh, and World Cup. They're all very good. Yeah, but if you go to a crew game and you watch like what you saw last night with the crew, are they not tactically very sound? They are. Do you see some really good attacking play? Did you see a pass from the gods from Cucho? I mean, dude, Moses comes down with the Ten Commandments, like that level of just (laughs) revelation to the masses. That is what that felt like to me was just lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Part the Red Sea. Cucho Hernandez with that pass. I just felt like I was watching Da Vinci do something. And then the finish where Lucas sent homeboy to get a hot dog. (laughs) Right. Like Like the pass was elite. But then the finish is great because it's Lucas and he's he's amazing and, and only a little like hip shift like I'm gonna go to the left like boop there goes the defender oh, and then I'm gonna cut out just inside. remarkable stuff right so the crew get it done against the LA Galaxy the hated LA Galaxy who have ducked the crew for the last four years Cowards. while they've been abysmal I'm trying to think I mean again I should have looked this up beforehand uh, I'm trying to remember if Guillermo Barroscoloto actually got to manage a game in Columbus with LA. Because he was there in the last few years. Maybe I'm, you know what, COVID's throwing my timeline off. Maybe it's been longer than that that he's been gone. But that's been like four years since we've had you know, the me, LA Galaxy. crew historians. So yes, I'll, yes. I'll have that number. They call you, you uh, Brandon Steve Sirk Beam yes, is your name. That's that what they correct. call you. Um, yeah. They pl- last played in May of 2019. So it had been four years since yeah. they had been here. Ridiculous, right? Yeah. Crazy. But good that they sent the gals back, the Galacticos back with uh, – no points. Set them off. Beautiful. You call them the Galacticos? Sure, the Galaxy. I think they probably call themselves that occasionally. Do they? Yeah. There's another I, team that wears white who goes by the Galacticos. I don't even know who. Okay. Who could that be? I don't who know. Who even knows what that team is? Well, they, didn't, they didn't look like Galacticos. No. You know what? They both looked like poo yeah, this right. week. Both those Galacticos Manchester teams. City, Columbus crew, very tight. Yeah, they, we're pretty much the same identical. team. Pretty much identical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I'll say this too for the uh, front office there with the crew. I'm not saying this is the whole thing. It's not It's not the whole reason you brought this guy in, but Malte Amundsen gets brought in from New York City FC, gets on the score sheet. Nice little play there. I mean, it was kind of an awkward goal, not the pass, He'll but take it. hey man, he, he pushed his defender, got in, made the defender try to do something with the ball that was uncomfortable for him. And somehow the ball ended up in the back of the net. I, I didn't see a final replay of if it actually went off Amundsen's shoulder, or if it went off the defender's head or whatever, but still ball went in, wasn't called back to nothing at halftime. The difference in this one from previous crew games we've seen the last few weeks, they got the lead. They held it. Yeah. Did not relinquish a goal, which you like to see that too. And Aiden Morris continues to just be a dominating force in the midfield when he's on, the crew are on, and it's good to see. He needs to be on this week too. Uh, oh it was, yeah, it's great to see. Great to see a win, a held on to win. They had been getting up to these leads, and this has been awesome. But it was, of course, their calling card, their signature from last year. Like they crumbled at the very end, and you would give away games very late and at the death for either a draw or you would lose. It was also nice to get a win on a beautiful night in a sellout at Lower.com Field. Oh yeah. Well, dude, that's the other story, man. We've had, what, four straight sellouts yeah. now at Lower.com Field? So I think the nice weather has certainly helped. No People are realizing, like, hey, it's a nice night out. But I tell you, man, give the Columbus Crew a stadium that is worthy of the team. Put some guys on the field who are exciting to watch, like Cucho, like Lucas, like Aiden Morris. 
you've got talent on this roster. You've got a fan base that loves this team and a city that supports it. And now you've got a stadium that is worthy of what this team has been. No offense to historic crew stadium, which I love and have a special place in my heart for, but no longer do you have to sit at the parking lot of a Lowe's and figure out what to do after the game, right? Like you actually have options to go down there and have a night. Like you said, you could have had a whole day. If you had the day off yesterday, you could have gone to a Clippers game. I'd have the day off today. Well, (laughs) whatever day it was. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yes. Anyway, the point is you could have gone down and had. I needed the next morning off. Well, true enough. That's what you actually needed. Yeah. But I'm just saying a person who has the day off could go down and do a nooner, watch the baseball game, then get some drinks in or get some food in or whatever you do, and then go watch the crew game. That's a nice afternoon evening in the arena district. God forbid if the jackets are ever actually good and we're playing this deep oh into May. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if you had the conference finals going on too? Yeah. Holy cow. That'd be great. Um, well, dreams for another day. But I'll say this. Hell is real. I'm going to be in Cincinnati on Friday night. Oh! I'm going to Bogarts to watch. Okay. I'm going to Bogarts to watch Frank Turner and the Interrupters. Uh, two bands that I like. She's a match. She's kerosene. Yep. That's oh, that's their. That's what they're closing with. Apparently on this tour, that's their song they're closing with. Anyway, you, never, no, guys, good. I was going to interrupt you, but this is a far longer conversation. called the Interrupters. That's the name of the band. I was going to ask you if you like when band setlist comes out before the show, or do you just like? I have a playlist on my Spotify with the entire set list. Okay. So I will listen to it and kind of get prepared for it. And I like that because I also like to know when there's a time where if I got to hit a potty break or if I I need to get a beer in, oh, hey, these are two or three songs that are kind of a lull for me. They're not my favorites. I'll go get that and then come back and be ready for the, you know, big finale or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I do like that. You, do you like that? I like to be surprised. Okay. I get that. That's fair. Totally understood. Well, I won't spoil spoil it for you, but... uh, (laughs) I did. I'm going to be wearing uh, some crew paraphernalia Good. when I go down Friday night. I won't be there Saturday for the game, but we're going to let them know. We're going to let them know what's up. And I'll try to talk to uh, some of the bands beforehand and say, hey, shout out the crew if you can. People here will love that. That would be They'll awesome. love it. Uh, <laughs> you, sh- you should definitely do that. Yeah. We will uh, take a break. When we come back, we will get into the big news with the U.S. men's national team. That's coming up next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Bone Beam United, and you can search for the podcast. If you are listening to the podcast, you already know this. If you're listening on the radio, find this as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast app. Just look up Bone and Beam United and then subscribe to it or follow it or whatever your podcast app does. You'll get every episode before it airs on the radio. How much fun is that? Very fun. Not as much fun as you think. Quite a, it's it's great fun. It's good fun. We're you happy also drop about it. A- litany of f-bombs in the yeah. unedited podcast version yeah sometimes you will have that where there's some unedited podcasts that uh are a little more uh verbose with the with the rank great word yeah with the rank language than what we usually have here anyway so that's all fun find us on your favorite podcast app let's talk about the guy that has decided to represent the u.s men's Yay! national team this is a big get by all accounts Falarin Balogun. This was announced uh, a couple days ago now, and when it first popped up on Twitter, I mean, I saw, I think every person I follow who covers soccer tweeting about it and tweeting about it to the extent that it was as if 
Jesus Christ himself had arisen <laughs> or dropped down from heaven or we wherever. Got a Moses reference with Cucho's ball in the first segment and a Jesus Christ <laughs> reference in well, the second. I'm just saying the way this is being covered, I feel like if he had come down and said, I've chosen MLS, they would be like, that's a big story. Not as big as uh, this guy, Falaren Balogun, choosing the U.S. over England. So his backstory, Beamer. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Born in New York City to parents from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. They then moved when he was two to England. So he had the ability to play for the U.S., England, or Nigeria. Yeah. Um, and he was in the U.S. system for a little bit. He was in the England system for a little bit. I think by age eight or nine, he was already on their radar. Yeah. Very good player. I think he joined Arsenal at the age of eight or nine. Yeah. Their academy system. Yeah. And then had been trying to get some first team action. He had played a little bit for Arsenal, but then they've loaned him out to the French League. And I forget which Reem. team. Reem. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. The heating and air people. That's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> R-E-I-M-S. Yeah. I believe that would be either Reem or Rem. Rem. All right. Let's just, yes. Whatever. Reems. I'll just call it Reems. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. But he is playing in uh, Legion. Legion. Our favorite league. Oh, yeah. So he's uh, had a pretty good strike rate there. Damn 30, good. 34 games, 19 goals. That That'll do. That's all right. And this is for a team that's not fighting relegation in that just league. Just scored again, 35 games, 20 goals. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. What a big week for him. So he is a guy who is playing for a team that's middle of the table, not a not a like Champions League threat necessarily, but also not getting relegated. Uh, some had speculated that might have been part of his issues previously when I think he had played elsewhere and not been quite as good, but he was playing for teams fighting relegation battles. Middlesbrough. Or, yeah, Middlesbrough. That's who it was. So... This is this is showing him finally getting to to be who he is and play well. And so England, of course, would like to have him, but they have a lot of prodigious strikers in front of him. The United States has no Nobody. one at striker. Yeah, they have JMO at striker currently. Uh, Josie Altidorf, not far removed from playing striker for the U.S. national team. This is a very very interesting prospect for this team well it's exciting nonetheless and the the reason this all came down it was a now we knew there was an opportunity for this kid I think you and I talked about him maybe at some point last year I didn't crawl all the way back through our podcast but I'm pretty sure when we were talking about like oh this maybe watch out for this guy or just be aware of him like this could be a future U.S. men's national team guy like he plays for Arsenal but it looks like he's going to choose England so of course England come come off of the World Cup they're getting ready to qualify. They're going through Euro qualifications. Uh, Gareth Southgate picks his team. And apparently, uh, Falaren Balogun was supposed to be on the team. He was told, I guess, by uh, England staff that he was going to be picked, that he was going to be selected. And then Gareth Southgate left him off. And this happened about uh, two months ago, I want to say, like all the way back in March when they were back doing qualifying uh, for the Euros. And then it really, like... All of a sudden, it, it took off. I mean, it was like a 95% done deal. He had played for England. He played in friendlies before. He had just not been capped uh, in a you know comp- competitive event. Uh, so he hadn't declared his nation of choosing yet. And so when Gareth Southgate left him off, like all of a sudden it started spreading like wildfire. Like he wasn't that happy about it. He took England player off his Twitter bio. Like the whole, I love that nowadays. Like that's what we do. We oh, search yeah. Instagram. Who Are you following England anymore? Or did you unfollow them on Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff? So like that was a few months ago. And then it started ramping up like, no, no, no. He's going to turn down England and he's going to come play uh, for the U.S. So, I mean, was for all intents and purposes, an England player 
then decides, well, if you're not going to cap me here, I'm going to go elsewhere and I'm going to go play for the U.S. Yeah, I saw that he also had been invited to the U-21 camp, and he declined that. Now, he said he had a hamstring injury, and that prompted Gareth Southgate to say that, you know, he's going to have to wait his time before making the top-level squad. And here's the the quote. We cannot go and give first-team call-ups to someone just because we don't want them to go somewhere else. Yes, you can. Yeah, that's exactly what you can do. If you, I and mean, you should. Well, and you know what? I'll be to be fair to Gareth Southgate. If his motivation is, I don't want to give players false hope. If I don't see a plan for them in three years, and this dude would rather go play elsewhere for a team that isn't going to be as good as England, right? England's one of the top teams in the world. Mm-hmm. If he wants to go play elsewhere and get more minutes and actually be able to showcase what he can do on a national team level, get to a point where maybe he can make an impact on a World Cup squad in 2026, God bless him. You know, I I think in some ways there's a cynical way you could go about it as a manager of a national team where you could just cap a bunch of dudes in meaningless games, but they technically count. And then those guys are all sitting around going, so now I can play for you, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, about that. I have no desire to play. Maybe in like four or five years when a few of these guys get out of here. Yeah. But by that point, your national team career is possibly stalled or then the next crop is coming through and it's like, well, this guy's barely played. Why are we going to give him a look? Look at the young kid that's behind him now. And so I don't blame him at all for saying I'm in that young kid prime. Look at me. Here I come kind of mode. And you're not giving me the look I want. They could have capped him. England could have Gareth Southgate could have done this and it would have kept him tied to England. Thanks Gareth. Instead, he said, no, I'm not going to do that. And it gives him the freedom after FIFA approved the move, which happened this week, to decide to come to the U.S. So You are a bigger – Gareth Southgate is a bigger person than I because if I was a manager for a national team, I would have gone with strategy number one, and yeah. I would cap all these young players and say, yep, sorry. Well, you're, you're, right. you're mine. And maybe I'm giving him too much credit because it may have been that was his motivation was to treat players honestly and, and deal with them in a forthright manner. Or it could have been just, I'm England. We don't – England doesn't just screw around with – guys that we think could maybe we we've we're here to build this team i don't i focus on my top 15 or 20 guys and that's it i'm not i'll let the youth teams develop he can go play for the u21s if he wants to he's not playing for us yet he's not good enough and that might have just been an arrogance that cost him we'll we'll never know but either way to look at it now the u.s have a guy that should be a decent strike better striker option than they've had in a long time so pat murphy and i were having a discussion about this and he was like i just don't understand the hype about this kid he's unproven i'm like yeah pat he's unproven but at the same time i mean he scored 20 goals in this league in in legend yeah like, are are you is that the best league in the world no but he's done it at a very very high level and he's produced and he's scored and the problem with this world cup team that we're coming off of is that they didn't have a striker. And if they had a striker, you felt like, okay, maybe they could have made one, maybe a a bigger run. He is, now expectations will be a little bit different. He is the, I'm not going to say he's the savior of the team, but as far as talent goes, it's one of the most talented players that you have ever had play for the United States. Yeah. And, and, And I think on top of that, the talent level seems good. The big question mark to me becomes twofold. One, how does he fold in with everybody else yeah. who's already on the team? You know, and, and like Tim Weah, we really like, and I think Tim Weah is a good player. You know, you're going to have a really talented player now who's going to go to the bench mm-hmm. because of this. You know, there, there are guys that have had to play out of position because of the fact that you haven't had a real just born striker. That's going to be issue number one. The other issue is who the hell's coaching this team? Right. We still don't know who that is. Jeez. So there is a chance that it may be the guy who decides – a day before the World Cup, 
you know what? Actually, you looked at me cross-eyed. I'm not going to use you much this year. Um, we're going to let Jordan Morris go out there again. So I, I don't know. That's I'd like to know who's going to actually be the manager of this team going forward and get that settled from U.S. soccer, and then that will make me more excited about the plan. But, yeah, they're going to they're gonna try to build this roster around him a bit, and I think that's going to be something they have not had in a while as a guy that you could do that with. So pretty interesting stuff there. Uh, we'll come back. Champions League discussion next. The final is set. We'll talk about it. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Of course, you can follow Bone and Beam United on Twitter at Bone Beam United. I saw this tweet from Bailey Johnson, who covers the crew for the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, she had spoken to Cucho Hernandez after the game against. Uh, why am I blanking? Who they Galaxy. just played? Galaxy. We just talked about it. Why? Am I, my brain doesn't work. Beam. You know that. It's early in the morning. Uh, right. She had talked to him in the midweek after their game, where of course he had a really good game. She said, hey, what about the last time you went down to Cincinnati where a beer got thrown at you and you picked it up and chugged it? His quote, his response to that question was, hopefully it's two this time. That's all timer. This dude, man. That's that's what we need, a little stone-cold Steve Cucho Cincinnati Hernandez. Cincinnati fans will now throw beer cans at Cucho Hernandez. Like, guaranteed to happen. This guaranteed to happen, yeah. Well, you stay classy down there in Cincinnati, right? Remember, they're the best at soccer. Just that's ask them. Oh my gosh, the amount of the amount of the way that whole city thinks about them, their team, despite the fact that team has done barely anything in MLS. Good this year, yeah, that's fine. Good last year too. What they win, right? Talk to me when you get some trophies under your belt. You know what I mean? Like talk to me when you when you handle this rivalry more than once, an occasional moon. I'm just telling you, still a lot to still a lot to prove for Cincinnati. So nothing would make me happier than to go in there and steal three points, but. The tickle is going to be throbbing, I guess is the way a I would say. Throbbing a throbbing tickle. tickle. Interesting analogy. Well, you know what? That's how I describe TQL Park Stadium whatever it's Boulevard, called. whatever it's called. I don't know. Boulevard of Broken Dreams, that's what they're going to have this week. That's three, what I yeah. – Three points for the crew. There we go. Love that. Uh, so you're not loving the fact that Manchester City is the greatest team the world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what have they won recently? <laughs> Nothing. Well – they're about to win a lot. Um, so they've won lots of everything else. Go figure before the season when Erling Holland was set to join up with Manchester City, we thought that that might be a good pairing. Boy, and who, could, who could have ever predicted such I a know, thing? I know. Not um, us. No. No one saw this coming. Not anyone in world soccer. No one thought it. No one believed it. Uh, Manchester City took it to Real Madrid Ugh. in their Champions League game. They entered this thing. What was that? Tied 1-1? Yeah. Thought and it was going to be pretty tasty. I was hoping for it. This. Did you see the stat? And I have to go pull it back up because I didn't do this during the prep, but I I will find it. The stat about Manchester City uh, at home, their their run of form that they've had. Let me give pretty you astonishing. Oh well, let me give you one stat from this game where Real Madrid, of course, loses to Manchester City. They get bounced first half of that game. Manchester City had 196 touches in the attacking third in the first half. Oof. Want to take a stab at how many Real Madrid attacking touches they had in the in the attacking third, first half of their game? 31. 10. Oh. 10. That's Real Madrid. Yeah. Not nobody. <laughs> Not a crappy team you've never Champions heard of. Champions League semifinal. Champions League semifinal. 196 touches in the attacking third to 10. 
It was a, it was one of the most dominating performances I have ever seen in a Champions League. It's a real David semifinal. versus Goliath situation. Continuing with our references of the big book. Uh, the last 26 home games, home Champions League games for Manchester City, 26 of them, they have scored 84 goals. They have conceded 19. They have drawn twice. They have won 24 of those games. They have never lost in the last 26 Champions League home games for Manchester City. Just ridiculous. 84 goals in 26 Champions League games. It's incredible how they make that half-empty stadium a fortress. Isn't it? I mean, that's really pretty impressive for them. Hey, if you if you're mad because you're a Manchester City fan, I'm just glad you got into soccer three years ago. It's really cool. <laughs> it's exciting for you or, that you've inside, enjoyed watching this sport. You just really like Oasis and are a big fan of the Gallagher brothers Look and have followed you. them. Look at you. That's right. That's see, you've got another in. Maybe Boom. that was your in. They're disgusting. And if you're mad about that, good news. You've got lots to celebrate. So who cares what a couple podcasts I was poking fun at Manchester City ain't gonna hurt you at all, I wouldn't think. Yeah, uh, it was it was I mean, we knew this was gonna happen. As soon as they signed Erling Holland, it's like, all right, what has City been lacking? A premier goal scorer. Like an actual real life number nine. And they've done fine. Like you just rattled off those stats of like home and champions. Like they're getting goals from elsewhere. But then you add him into the mix who is the best player on planet earth right now. Mm. And you give them one of the best coaches of all time and pep. And that's what he needed to get over the hump. And they're finally doing that. They took down Real Madrid. Of course, that was three nil. Can interpose them a challenge. I mean, that was a one nil Lautaro Martinez. Nice job for them. They get through. They're into the next leg. That was a pretty, uh, as soon as they got the goal, like, all right, park the bus. That's three nil. Doesn't matter that. I think it's going to be actually a pretty fun, decent little, matchup and i believe the final is on june 10th that's a saturday so that's oh, here man. in yeah a few weeks time we're gonna get june 10th champions league final it's the last game of the year and then this they is, go on to break and then they go into internationals it never fails but. man this is this is my life now every time i hear oh there's a soccer game i want to watch my brain is like you've got a thing we have a graduation party nice. for my wife's good friend from high school she has two kids that are graduating high school this year because that's how old i am now is we have friends whose kids are graduating high school, so we're going up to their graduation party. What time up of in day Northeast, is that? It's in Northeast Ohio, so it's an all-day. We're going to be up there all day. So I'll be watching it on my phone like a jerk at this graduation party, trying to be friendly to people well, be fine. that be I barely – I know her, and I know her husband and the kids. I know them, but – Good news for you. It's 3 o'clock. It's smack dab right in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, that when it, when, yeah, th- this graduation party is at 7 a.m., thankfully, so we'll get it. <laughs> God, it's all it's of course it's going to be at a great time that I would normally be able to sit down and watch and enjoy. And uh, no, if Pep, if City do it, so they have the Premier League is theirs now because Arsenal lost to Brighton and yep, got killed. It's over. Like that's, They're done. That's, that's, that's all done. So done they've got dusted. they won the Premier League again. That's all, but just P's and Q's. Like they've, they've got that up. Ninety minutes to win a Champions League. They have ninety minutes to win a Champions League on June tenth, the weekend before that. They're at Wembley, Manchester Derby. It's United, it's City, and the FA Cup final. That's, I that's the only thing you guys really. I mean, honestly and I truly, am petrified. Well, you should be petrified, but also imagine like go big or go home. Of course, imagine if you win. You know what? If you lose seven nothing, who, who cares? Who cares? Right? They've done that throw before it, in the past. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They've done that throw recently. It, throw everything. Caution to the wind. Go out there and play the game of their lives. Harry Maguire at striker. Let's put him up there. Him and Scott McTominay. 
if they win this, if they get the treble done. Oh, my. Well, is, oh, Manchester City. Oh, yeah, yeah, United. That's uh, well, I'm that. saying if Manchester United wins, you will never stop laughing. Oh, no. Your laughter will continue for years after just that. It, they'll not have to do anything else. And then if they follow up and lose to Inter and win oh. only one out of the three, like then that would be really big dream come true. But I don't envision that happening. Uh, if they, If they win the treble, is Pep... Like Mount Rushmore, greatest. Coach I think you have. I mean, I, 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 I think, already I think, think he's he already there. I yeah. mean, the fact you've gotten to so many Champions League finals yeah. and semifinals anyway, along with all their other domestic success. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with what he's done, but also hard to argue that a lot of managers probably could do very well with similar budget. So that has to factor. I'm just happy to know that Ole told Manchester United to sign Erling Holland for four million and the brass was like eh, four million on a striker, unproven kid. Like mm. who, who knows how he's mm. gonna work out. Yeah, that's great. Yes. Good job, Manchester United. I'm sure they don't rue that decision at all. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll take a break when we come back. A moment of allowing me to grieve for my fallen Sunderland boys. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about what is happening in the promotion battle and the relegation battle uh, when it comes to the top division of English soccer. That is coming up next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. It defies description. Now back to Bone and Beam United. You can, uh, of course, follow the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Just search Bone and Beam United. If you're listening on the podcast, I'm sorry this is redundant. If you're listening on the radio, well, that's what this message for was for you. And, of course, on Twitter at Bone Beam United. Find us there and keep up with the goings on of the show. You can always tweet us there. We don't post as much as we should, and we're sorry. I don't know that that'll change, but we're sorry. Beam posts a lot on there. I barely post on there. I should post more. Social media director doesn't post on there. I don't know who that is. I don't know. I don't even know who that is. No clue. No one knows. (laughs) Um, So let's let's talk about my Sunderland Black Cats. Sunderland. I'm sorry, buddy. (sighs) It's a tough tough thing to see. However, uh, so if you haven't followed this story, Sunderland was down in the third division of English soccer for approximately four years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Stadium of Light was you know, destitute and downfallen. And will you give the people a little highlight too of what the stadium light, like capacity, like, how Oh, it holds, it, it holds like 60,000, 50,000 I mean. people. It's I mean, not, it's a, it's a, it's a stadium yeah. that is built for a team yes. to be better than third division. Yeah. Okay. So they were down there for a while. The Netflix documentary literally was like, we can't keep this. This is pathetic. We got to stop filming. This is so bad. And then now they've suddenly like, oh, hey, we're back. We're bringing it back. Yay, because they got promoted last year to the championship, to the second division, which Sunderland in their history has been a Premier League team that floats down to championship, goes back to Premier League. They're one of the like eight or nine teams that you typically see over a decade or two where they've Sunderland in my fandom of watching them over the last 15 or so years has been primarily before this little stretch. They were a Premier League team every year and then down for a year right back up yeah. you know that if anything so this has been a really big blow for them this is not what they're used to however in the championship of course you get up to that level this year everything gets bigger right you got to put better players on the field all that stuff they did that they they had help from one of the best players i've watched play for sunderland in my time watching him ama diallo who yep. came in from manchester united on, on loan, loan. And he's going back to Manchester United now. Eric he's, Ten Hag is like, okay, you fulfilled your destiny on yep. loan. Come back into the squad. Like, <laughs> I'd say right. so. He was, he was truly a, a breath of fresh air for a team that needed it because Sunderland had massive injuries all over the – all season long they had this. And yet they finished on the last day, decision day, 
They finished in the final sixth and final playoff spot yeah. that allowed them into the 14 playoff to get to the third spot, which allows you to get promoted up to the Premier League. Um, so they drew Lutontown, who was the best of those four teams in the playoff. 80 points for them. Yeah, really good team. Uh, but Lutontown beat, lost to Sunderland 2-1 to one at Sunderland's place, but they got the away goal, which helped. But, of course, then Sunderland had a lot to do by going on the road to, uh, what is it, Kenilworth? Yeah. Is that the name of their yep. stadium? Okay. Mm -hmm. So they go to Kenilworth, and unfortunately, they lost 2 to nothing. That means the aggregate score was 3-2. to two. That means Lutontown moves on to the final where they'll face Coventry. That is Saturday, May 27th, at in Wembley. case you want to watch. And that's at Wembley, yes. All these promotion games. The third division promotion game is also at Wembley. Like, mm -hmm. all these bigger leagues, they, they have their promotion battle at Wembley. So that's fun. Um, but this Lutontown team... It was it was a good performance. They deserved to be there. They were the third best team, sure. But for my Sunderland team, I was very heartbroken about them not getting there. I then had to remind myself, hey, they weren't expected to get there this year. Next year, hopefully they can get into one of those top two spots yeah. and be right Avoid back the up. Playoff. Avoid the playoff entirely would be great. But I'm just glad they stayed up this year. So now they've established and they'll get, you know, the revenue from that. They can build off this year. But they've got to replace some talent and they've got to hopefully get some better luck with injuries this upcoming season. That all said. I'm talking to my brother, Brother Bone, Peterborough United's mayor of Peterborough. They're a number one fan. Peterborough is in the third division mm -hmm. playoff. Well, we don't know yet. By the time you hear this podcast, we'll know. They have a game on podcast, soccer podcast day. If they win that game, they will go to the Wembley final for the third division, you know, play in, right, to go up to get the championship. So he's telling me about that, and he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, and I got to tell you, I'm so happy for Lutontown. So happy for Lutontown because they just. Hey, pal. And I'm like, hey, I'm I'm working over here. Like, that's Sunderland. Come on. What about that? He's like, well, Sunderland will get there eventually. But Lutontown, Jeez. how about them, right? They are because they were a conference team. Yeah. That got all this way up. And like now. Like the Shrimpers, baby. They have like a Wrexham. chance. It's like Wrexham. Yes, yes. It's like if Wrexham got to the, the Premier League. That's what this is. It's yeah. a huge deal for them. And so, of course, he and everybody else who's casually following this is saying, oh, well, Kenilworth Road, Kenilworth Road. They'll play that game at Kenilworth Road. You'll see Manchester City playing in front of 10,000 people we in this crap-ass little stadium. We did it because we're casually following this. Yeah. And then and then I went and looked at it and said, oh, actually, they're not currently going to be allowed to play in the Premier League if they don't do something about not their stadium. Not at that stadium. road, yeah. Well, not at that so they're saying that it will take 10 million pounds for them to – upgrade the facility and get it to a standard that would allow them possibly to host Premier League games. Now, maybe they'll be willing to do that, but... Well, influx of cash, certainly, if they get up to the Premier League. Yeah, but... They'll want to do that. Yeah, I'm They're wondering... also up pretty tight against the gun here. So they've played at Kenilworth Road since 1905. Yeah, you'll have two months, basically, to fix your stadium. Mm -hmm. Do $10 million worth of renovations. I don't care how many people you get. That takes a long time to renovate the stadium. Believe it or not, Lutontown has been trying to get out of that stadium or get a better venue <laughs> since 1955. <laughs> they have played at this stadium since 1905. They've been trying to get out of that stadium longer than they played in it when they first said, I want to get out of that stadium. Right. They played there for 50 years. It's now been well over 70. almost 70 years <laughs> that they've been asking for another building. <laughs> 50 years of playing it, and they're like, well, we're done with this place. They 70 years later. <laughs> You imagine if you were like a five-year-old 
back in like 1955 oh, and you're like, oh, telling my dad said we're going to get a new stadium. Oh, mom, when's the new stadium being built at Kenilworth Road, mom? And then it's Where now you get up to the now you're like a grandpa <laughs> and you hear like the kids are going, hey, grandpa, yeah, they're going to build a new stadium. He's like, ah, I've heard this. F all they are. No, yeah. they're not. <laughs> Bangers and mash and all that. Uh, I don't even know what accent I'm doing now. Anyway, so Luton Town, they've got a, a chance you to were go. You doing up. a Luton accent. That's <laughs> I was I was alluding to Luton. Yes, that's what I was doing. Um, if you're not aware, the uh, things are not going well in the uh, in the Premier League as well for my guys. Leeds, they're probably getting relegated. They suck. This is bad. It's all bad news. It's a bad run in. Yeah, you know what? Here's what I've decided: if Leeds gets relegated, I will not pick a Champions League or a Champions I will not pick a Premier League team next year. Why do you year. pick City? You know what? That's a great call. I think you but should. I'll pick them and see if I can see how just indomitable my. Uh, my pick is can I can I ruin their season for them? It would have to be they miss Champions League. There's no way they're getting relegated. They could remember points deduction for all their cheating that they were doing. Oh yeah, maybe it's time to root for Manchester. I City. think it is. I think you yeah. and neighbor Eric. You all right, neighbor I'll think. Eric. I'll think about it. I will think about it. But if if I don't do anything else, I'm not picking a team. I'm just gonna let Leeds be the last one. I think. And all in on Sunderland. That's it for us. Enjoy the crew game when you listen to it. We will talk to you next week on Bowden Beam United.